Hey, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of This Crazy Beautiful Journey. I'm your host, Alex, coming to you from the fantastically weird Austin, Texas. Welcome back to part two of my coming out episode called Listener Questions. Before I dive in, I first and foremost want to say, um, please bear with me as I get through this um, episode because my voice is a little off. I've been, I had a cold for literally two weeks and it just kind of knocked me on my ass. So as I'm still recuperating, um, my voice is a little um, just off right now. But either way, I just wanted to not hold up any longer. I kind of wanted to dive into this. So um, before I dive in, I wanted to talk a little bit about the first part of my coming out episode. I know that what I spoke about in Revealed was based around a lot of trauma. What I wanted to share is this. The reason I'm able to share these things with such courage is because I'm in a good place in my life. And because I'm speaking from the perspective of a survivor and no longer a victim. Being able to humanize my perseverance through the help of counseling is important for me to reveal to you all. I'm not the person that will try to justify the uncivilized actions of adults hurting children or even humans being unkind to other humans. In fact, we are all flawed in our own way. I don't ever feel like I am above or better than anyone else. But I do believe that without the hardships in my life, I wouldn't have been able to find the strength I needed to survive and pull myself up enough to simply want to be more than what I was taught to be. Talk about breaker of chains. (laughs) Um, I broke so many cultural and societal traditions in my young life by simply wanting that more. Imagine that for a second. Let that sink in. Yet, the best thing I ever did for myself and for the future of my family was own up to the reality that in order for me to be able to thrive, I needed to heal. And in order for that to take place, it meant that I needed to let down my walls and seek help from a professional therapist. And although it took me many interactions, interviews, and years to find a great therapist, I don't regret it because self-help is a stepping stone for bettering your life. And the moment I interacted with my current therapist, I knew my life was about to change for the better. And it did. Look, working through something is never easy. But taking those steps forward literally saved my life. I honestly do not believe I would be the person I am without the help of counseling in general. And because of that, I will always be a huge advocate for it. So if you or someone you know is seeking counseling or therapy and don't know where to start, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. You can DM me on Insta at this crazy beautiful journey pod. Or you can email me at crazybeautifuljourneypod at gmail.com and I will do my best 
to point you in the right direction. Now, let's get started with these questions. I just wanted to throw in a quick disclaimer here. Obviously, you guys, I am not a licensed or professional therapist. All these answers are solely human-to-human advice based on all my human experiences. So, let's get started. Question number one. What does LGBTQIA stand for? The answer to that is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, queer, intersex, and asexual. Second question. What advice would you offer to parents if they suspect their child is queer and wanting to come out? And what advice do you have for someone who is wanting to come out? So this is a two-part question. Um, First and foremost, if you are a parent and suspect your child is queer and hesitant to come out, I would say do not force the conversation. It's so important for you to let them share their truth with you when they are ready. In the meantime, I would recommend educating yourself. These days, there's so much information available online. A good place to start is the Trevor Project. I would also advise to create a home environment that is inclusive to supporting the LGBTQIA community. To have queer-friendly conversations to help create a path that is so comforting that speaking about it isn't scary. And always remember how you react is going to make all the difference in the world. So if you're queer-friendly and accepting a nonchalant response is best, followed by hugs and doing something together to celebrate. And if you are a parent that is not okay with it or is having a hard time coping with the truth, I advise that you seek some sort of counseling and or online support like GLAD or PFLAG. A book I would also highly recommend is an old book called Prayers for Bobby by Leroy F. Ahrens. And now for the individual wanting to come out, it's important you realize that you're not alone. Say your truth only on your terms and when you are ready. No one is allowed to do that for you. Find support from friends and outside resources like the Trevor Project if it's necessary. There are school counselors or hotlines and even therapy for you and your family if it's needed. I would advise that if you're an individual or family seeking counseling, a good online resource is www.psychologytoday.com. Question number three. For someone that feels like an outsider, what advice would you offer them to feel comfortable in their own skin or to help cultivate a sense of self-worth or to normalize what they are feeling and going through? Ooh, this one's a tough question for me. In today's world, if you are feeling like an outsider due to your queerness, Chances are it's because you're not feeling supported by your surrounding family and or friends or you're not in a queer-friendly environment. Look, you are beautiful as you are. Don't ever let anyone tell you different. Try to find strength in your bravery to be your authentic self. Also, one of the best pieces of advice I can tell you is this. No one can ever make you feel different or worthless if you are standing strong in your own skin and in being who you know yourself to be as a person. Also, find your queer family. If you are in high school or college, there's always an LGBTQIA alliance group. And if there isn't one, 
take the initiative and create one and build your own supportive environment for yourself and for others. And remember, the only thing that isn't normal is other people's inability to be kind and generous to others. It really is that simple. Question number four. What's your advice for someone who is in a marriage and is coming to terms with their own sexuality, especially when you have children together? Yeah, well, this is a situation that's a little too familiar to me. (laughs) But look, everyone's situation is different. When I was married, it was in the late 90s and things were not as progressive as they are today. For me, I had a lot of guilt because I felt like my husband and I were so young when we got married and we were doing it to follow tradition and trying to do what was best for our child. Yet, we were only 21 and still in those pivotal stages in our lives where we were trying to find ourselves. And even though we had known each other for most of our lives and only married for a year, it was a hard situation because we cared for each other on a personal and intimate level. Our marriage just so happened to be coexisting with this time in my life where I just could no longer fight the need to explore my sexuality. And even with the guilt that I was secretly harboring along with these feelings, I knew that it was time. And as the universe sort of helped align for this to take place, I just knew that nothing was going to stand in my way of that happening. I knew it wasn't going to be easy, but I knew I had to try because I could no longer be in a hostile marriage and in a place where it couldn't be me. And today, times are simpler. There's more access to counseling for those couples to check in as they navigate through this type of situation. Also, let's not forget we are living in progressive times. Some couples may be a little bit more open to having an open marriage and there's polyamory, etc. So my advice would be to do what feels best for you and your partner in the situation at hand. And remember, loving someone, truly loving someone, is loving all the pieces of them and wanting them to be happy for and within themselves. Question number five. When religion and cultural traditions and expectations are present in the conditioning of someone who is feeling different and queer, what is the best way to approach sharing your truth with your family? Well, this hits straight to the heart because these two factors played such a major role in my own life. And I know that they equally influence so much hate and misunderstanding around the world for the queer community as a whole and for individuals accepting themselves. Look, I'm not here to knock anyone's religion or faith, nor am I here to impose upon any cultural dynamics. But from what I've witnessed and experienced, there is an extreme side to each of these factors, and I believe that's where things tend to start going wrong. When the respect for others' innate human existence is compared to a choice someone makes, the conversation is already heading in the wrong direction because being queer is never a choice. Religion and cultural beliefs are social infrastructures that people choose to follow. 
and the differences between the two is that you can easily walk away and change your religious and cultural influences, but an individual can never change who they were born to be. And when a human being is seen as unacceptable because they are different from others due to cultural and religious influences, this starts to cause a sort of restrictive, cultish atmosphere. And don't get me wrong, I believe that we are all freely entitled to adopt any belief of religion and are entitled to follow whatever cultural influences tickle our fancy. However, the moment either of those beliefs flip a switch to encourage any sort of bullying or violence against anyone, you've lost the true meaning behind it. With that said... I believe there is this sort of dichotomy happening right now, and I want to tread lightly here because even as the world is seeing more heart-wrenching violence against people of color and the LGBTQI community, the evolution of normalizing queerness has come a really long way, especially since I was a teenager, and I believe the influence of queer characters on TV and film has sort of paved this beautiful path for queer individuals to be seen. Hell, these days, even soap operas have queer characters. So I would say, feel the situation out for yourself. And you feel, and if you feel like you are in a safe place and an accepting environment, then set up a situation you are comfortable with and when and only when you are ready. Ease into it with your family and or friends. If, for whatever reasons, you feel unsafe or scared, I would say, again, reach out to a counselor first to ask for professional advice and help, and then maybe start out by speaking your truth to your friends first or someone you know with all your heart that you can trust, and then ease your way to your family. So that way you're creating this sort of safe foundation for yourself. Again, I would recommend starting with the websites I mentioned before. They should be pretty helpful. Okay, so two more questions left, and these last two are are geared towards um, myself. (laughs) So we'll just go number six. Um, What were your first thoughts when you had come to terms within yourself that you were a lesbian? Well... Well, I will say I don't identify as a lesbian, so I will correct that to say when you realized you were attracted to the ladies. For me, when it clicked and that light bulb sort of went off for me, in that very moment, my genuine reaction was just instant fear and to try to suppress whatever I was feeling so no one would find out. Um, But then that changed the first time I had my first crush on someone who happened to be a girl. I specifically remember feeling so happy and so alive, like this puzzle piece of myself was missing all these years and was suddenly found and put into place to complete me. And I know that sounds a little lame, but that's just truly how it felt. Question number seven. What queer positive influences did you have around you to grasp onto while you were growing up? If I'm being completely honest here, the answer to this question is close to none. 
I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and there were some television characters I felt relatable to for different reasons, like Joe from Facts and Life. <laughs> but the only real queer people that were on that I remember were from the TV or from MTV's first reality shows like The Real World and Road Rules. In fact, I believe the first real queer storyline I ever saw in TV was from an episode of Beverly Hills 90210 when where um, Brian Austin Green's character encountered a guy at work that was homeless because his parents kicked him out because he was gay. Then our senior year, we watched a movie called Higher Learning, and that had a lesbian slash bisexual storyline, but that was a tragic movie. Um, now, I feel like I have to tell this story because I feel like the universe has lined this up for me, but during the time after we graduated um, and my fiancé had ghosted me and I was mourning our breakup, I was going through this like little depression, I didn't want to leave my home, etc. But someone had brought in this box of VHS tapes with all these like indie films. And so I'm digging through them trying to find something to do and there was just or something to watch. And there it was staring me in the face, a movie called All Over Me, which just so happened to be the very first lesbian storyline I ever watched. And it just so happened to include Leisha Haley in it. Hello. <laughs> I mean, come on. Could the universe be any more in my face trying to help me come to terms with myself? <laughs> uh, anyway, then, of course, there was the Ellen show. I always knew Ellen was gay. I chalked that intuition up to my gaydar. <laughs> of course, whenever I got the chance, I would secretly watch the show, hoping that one day she would just come out of the closet. And holy shit, did she. When it was announced that she was going to come out on her show, I made sure I was in a place where I could actually take the episode. And then I watched it over and over whenever I could. Um, her bravery and her truth made such an impact on my life. I will forever be grateful to her and so happy for her and her success. After Ellen paved the way, I believe that, that little by little, these quick snippets of queer love would slowly start to make a presence on TV in shows, movies, even music videos. The ones that stand out for me personally are the following. Casey and JoJo's All My Life music video. Party of Five, where Nev Campbell's character started exploring her queerness. Allie McBill and The Big Kiss, <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and the movie Gia. Those are the things in the films and stuff that impacted my life. Um, not very much, right, compared to today. Okay, well, that's it, folks. This is the conclusion of this episode. So I just want to give a big shout out and thank you to those who submitted questions and for all of the TV and film that impacted my queer heart. I'm filled with such gratitude for how far we've come. So, again, thank you so much for listening. And please remember to start every day with your truth, followed by love, compassion, empathy, and kindness. And share it with the world as you see fit. Until next time, sending lots of love and light your way. I'll talk to you soon. 
This episode is produced and edited by me, Alex. Music by a secret artist. Logo art designed by me and created by Jimmy John at Fiverr.com.